0: Well, the Big 12 baseball season is off and running, and boy, it is going to be a heck of a race to the finish over the next several weeks. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. We now welcome on and say hi to Kendall Rogers, managing editor of D1 Baseball, doing great job there covering everything college baseball, Uh, do great work on the Big 12 as well. It's great to have him on the show, whether you're listening on the radio or on the podcast as always. Well, Kendall, you know, we're into the Big 12 season now. I got to admit the surprise, I know it's early, but it appears to be the West Virginia Mountaineers. Uh, What is clicking right now for this group out of Morgantown?
1: I think the biggest thing for me when you look at West Virginia, and I think this was a team last year, Pete, that I think think we all thought was going to be really good. Um, You know, they had Ryan Berger go down with an injury. They just had some injury issues. They had some guys who – you know, typically would produce who weren't producing very well, and we saw the end result of that. I think this year, you know, they're getting guys like Victor Scott to have, you know, big at-bats. You know, McGuire Holbrook has has given them some big-time at-bats. Um, you know, you look at their their pitching staff uh, and the job that, you know, Jacob Waters has done. I mean, you talk about a big-time arm, uh, he's been absolutely terrific. And so, you know, they just have some guys who, you know, A, guys who they thought would step up this year, and, and B, guys who we all thought would step up last year – you know, all those pieces are kind of coming together. So you know, West Virginia was a team that was just right on the cusp of getting our top 25. Uh, obviously, a series whenever Oklahoma State would get them in. But you know, give you know Randy amazing and company credit. I mean, you know it's easy when you're a program, you know, like last year to where they're a top 20 team preseason. You know, everybody expects them to be really good. You know, for all intents and purposes, they kind of fall fall on their face a little bit, and they just really kind of picked all the pieces back up. And this looks like a team that's motivated and on kind of a redemption tour here.
0: Yeah, it certainly does feel that way. I mean, the question is, is it sustainable, as you noted there? And suddenly, I mean, this weekend series, I know it's Thursday to Saturday, but this weekend series uh, between, as you mentioned, Oklahoma State going to Morgantown, I mean, that becomes uh, the most intriguing Series of the weekend, at least in the Big 12, does it not? And, and I mean, does a series win there really solidify to you that this is a team that's going to compete, or do you need to see more?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think obviously you want to get a series win over Oklahoma State in the, to what I consider kind of elite team. But the thing about TCU and Baylor, you know, I, I like TCU's club. Um, I don't love TCU's club. I think everybody would have, would agree that you know, outside of Robbie Cornelio, uh, and, and Brett Walker, you know, the Saturday roll in that week's rotation is an issue for T.C. right now because Austin Krobe's out with an injury. Uh, I think he's going to be back. But, you know, for now, they have issues there. And then Baylor, uh, you really don't know what to expect. I, I mean, I still actually think Baylor's a pretty decent team. I think they're a pretty good club. Uh, they're just a little bit up and down. And so they've kind of caught T.C. and Baylor at the right time. So, I mean, you know, if you're just trying to poke holes in West Virginia, you're going, okay, they just kind of caught two teams at exactly the right time. Uh, We'll we'll find out a lot more this weekend because, you know, Oklahoma State uh, was on the ropes over the weekend against Oklahoma. They come back in the second game, win that game late, and what happens in the series finale, the Pokes kind of, you know, kind of press on the accelerator, and they play really, really well. So this is a huge test for, you know, not only West Virginia, but this is a huge test for Oklahoma State uh, to go on the road and have a big series for the first time since May the opening weekend, which we all saw how that ended up for the Pokes. They won that series over the Commodores.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So when you look at the top of this league and, you know, you guys in the top 25, you've got Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, and Texas, of course, in your top 10, technically in your top seven. Uh, If you're looking at these three teams right now, who should be the favorite in this league? Uh, It's a great
1: question. Um, You know, so – all these teams are a little different. Um, I, I'll be really honest with you. I'm a little less confident on Texas than I was about three weeks ago. I think if you're if you're looking at the Longhorns from afar, um, this is a team that, you know, from a pitching standpoint, you know, Pete hansen has been unbelievable. Pete mm-hmm. Hanson, for me, is probably a first-team All-American. He's been absolutely terrific. I've never seen him better than he was against TCU last week. But really, outside of Pete, um, you're looking at Tristan Stevens to. You know, I feel like, you know, certainly very accomplished. You know, when I saw him earlier in the year, Shriners, he was incredible. Uh, He got hit pretty good, and he's gotten hit pretty good here as as of late. So, I think the biggest thing for Texas is they have question marks in the mound all of a sudden. With with Tristan struggling, you know, Aaron Nixon seems to be in a little bit of a funk, you know, in that closer role. They need to get those two guys right. If they can get those two guys right, a confidence meter goes sky high on them again because I think they're very offensive, and they're going to play stellar defense. I think when you look at Oklahoma State, I think they're the team, for me, with the most upside. You know, I I think offensively they certainly do enough. You know, when you have Justin Campbell at the front of that rotation, that's a huge security blanket because Justin's one of the best pitchers in college baseball, one of the best prospects in college baseball. Uh, And then they've got others like, you know, Bryce Osmond, all of a sudden is throwing really, really well for them. So you're liking where Oklahoma State is. And then when you look at Texas Tech, wash, rinse, and repeat with Tech, right? I mean, opening weekend we see them at Shriners. You know, I think, uh, you know, the ex- quote unquote, the experts like myself are writing about how, you know, Texas Tech doesn't look like they're the same team. Well, what, you know, here we are two months later, and Texas Tech is doing 10 tablock things, and they're in the right back in the top five in college baseball. I think the biggest thing for Tech, they take it, and you know, they had guys up and in the lineup take big steps forward offensively on the mound. You know, Brandon Bertel, you know, has gone from a guy who kind of gravitated, you know, between those roles of, you know, starter and reliever. He's become a full time starter. He's excelled there. You know, Andrew Morris, for me, has been one of the biggest surprises in the Big 12. I did not expect Andrew Morris to kind of kind of settle in as a frontline starter. Uh, you know, I, I would say the only thing about Texas Tech, the bullpen is still a concern for me. Uh, I want to say, uh, you know, I, I looked the other day, but I want to say they only have a couple of guys with the ERA under four of the bullpen. The Sunday starting role is a little bit of an issue. But, you know, outside of that, Texas Tech looks really good again. So, I think when you look at those teams at the top uh, with Texas Tech, Texas, Oklahoma State, I think there's a there's a decent little dip outside of those three teams. And then, you, Well, I'd say you could throw West Virginia in there after this week if they take the series. But, for me, those three teams are the contenders.
0: Yeah. And, if you know, you look at a lot of what you just noted there. I mean, Texas Tech is just hitting the cover off the ball. Uh, I mean, it's unbelievable what they're doing, leading the league in in runs scored by a mile, uh, second in batting average. It's been an impressive season. Is that, I mean, when you look at kind of what's happening on that side of the ball offensively, Texas, Texas Tech, clearly superior to Oklahoma State, right? And does that maybe give those two teams an edge over the long haul or not necessarily?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is when you look at those three teams at the top, they all three have really good offenses. You know, Oklahoma State, you know, they've had times They've had lulls. I mean, you look back at that Gonzaga series, they really didn't mm-hmm. do a lot offensively. Uh, but they certainly did enough. I, I think what really helps Oklahoma State, Pete, is the fact they get, you know, they have Griffin Dorching back. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the guy from Northern Kentucky, I mean, he's done a terrific job. He gives them some power. He gives them a really good approach in the middle of that lineup. Uh, I think when you look at Texas Tech, to give you an idea of just how good of a job Tim Tadlock's done, you know, Ty Coleman went from a, you know, two forty two fifty 250 hitter, at Texas A&M to hitting well over 300 for Texas Tech. And then we look at Texas, you know, uh, when you look at Ivan Melendez and the middle of that lineup, you know, Trey Faltini, you know, I, I get that he's kind of struggled a little bit here as of late, but, you know, he's a solid hitter, solid start drawing, you know, behind the plate has kind of evolved into a, you know, a, a really good hitter and, you know, if you look at, like Skyler messenger and doug hutto and so on that's a really good offensive lineup so yeah i mean i think the three offenses there are certainly a step above the rest you know i think you know if you're looking at other teams in the league you know the team the team is really interesting to me and i know this is this isn't directly answering your question but the team is really interesting to me the rest of the season is oklahoma uh, you mm-hmm. know i think when you look at oklahoma you know they they are very wishy-washy they're very up and down i tell you what i mean outside of those three teams if there's a team that got hot, or, or you know, a team that played well for three games on a weekend in a regional, that I feel the most confident about outside of those three teams, it might be Oklahoma. When you look hmm. at just the frontline talent on the mound for those guys.
0: Wow, how about that? Hey guys, it's Pete Mundo, and I just want to let you know we are launching a Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. The first podcast we have launched is with uh, Eric G. Sports Animal in Tulsa. He is doing an Oklahoma, Oklahoma State-focused podcast. And by the way, if you're somebody who is just a fan of OU or OSU, be sure to find that podcast. Search Heartland College Sports wherever you get your podcasts. And then uh, hit that subscribe button to Eric's podcast. So he's covering both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. And maybe you're somebody who podcasts yourself and you want to get into the mix and join our podcast network. We are looking for folks. Send me an email, Pete M-U-N-D-O, at com, and we'll see uh, where the conversation can go and if there might be a fit. And as always, hit the subscribe button here on this show, and if you leave a rating and a review, I've got a free Heartland College Sports koozie for you. When you leave me a rating and a review and you send me a screenshot to Pete M-U-N-D-O, at com of your rating and review. Appreciate you guys. Now, a, a team that at least to date has probably underachieved is TCU. It's a team that you guys had in the top 20 before the season. Obviously not the case anymore. Uh, Kirk Sarloose in his first year, obviously big shoes to fill. I, too early, I'm sure, for anybody to press the panic button. But what's what's not working right now for the Horn Frogs?
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think the biggest thing for me is kind of twofold. Um, you know, I think when you look at their pitching staff – some guys I expected to be frontline guys just haven't been frontline guys. Uh, you know, Cam Brown, you know, I saw him in the fall. Uh, it was 94-98 with his fastball. Big time slider, really good repertoire. Uh, he has not been very good. I want to say in his last start, Kirk was telling me he, like, threw like a third of an inning or two-thirds of an inning and then got lifted out of the game. Uh, they need him to get right. You know, Garrett right over the weekend against Texas was unimpressive. I mean, again, we're talking about a guy up to 96, 97 with his fastball, just wasn't very good. And you kind of add that, add to that, Austin Crow being out. That's just really tough for any team to handle. You know, much less uh, much less TCU. And I, you know, I think for me, I think if they can get right on the mound, they're fine. I, I think when we look at TCU overall offensively, you know, with Elijah Nunez at the top, you look at you know Braden Taylor. For, for my money, is one of the best players in college baseball. You throw in Tommy Sock, who I was just writing about him in my column this week. Uh, He is one of the most improved players offensively in college baseball this year. I mean, he's a guy that is up 130, 40 points with his batting average. He had such a great approach over the weekend. So, I actually feel pretty good about TCU offensively. They just kind of need to get right on the mound. If they can do that, uh, they've got a chance to make a run here down the stretch.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you look at their schedule, too, for TCU. I mean, you're talking about Texas Tech this weekend. Then you're going to Oklahoma State next weekend. Um, and then, you know, it looks like you get a bye after that before Oklahoma comes to town the following weekend. I mean, mm-hmm. the Big 12 is, is is stacked, we know that, but it just doesn't let up, and if things are going to turn around for TCU, I feel like it's got to – at least you've got to start, possibly, this weekend at home against Texas Tech, no?
1: You do, and, and maybe if you're TCU, maybe that's how you get going again, by, by playing a rivalry series at home, because, I mean, like – you know, West Virginia, they're good, but it's not like for T- from T.C.'s perspective. Yeah, that's not really considered like a rivalry series. So maybe coming back home, you know, you played a hard fought series with Texas. You were close in that one. Riley Cornelio gave you a really good start in the in the series opener. But you get go home and play Texas Tech. Maybe that's kind of the recipe they need. I tell you what, you know, if you look at this team overall, you look at the RPI figures. They're sitting at 43 in the RPI. They're sitting there at seven and five in the Big 12. You know, you look at Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. Uh, by the way, at Florida State the next weekend, and in Oklahoma, you have two games against DBU nestled in between there. Uh, this could make or break this team. Uh, you know, let's just say, uh, you know, let's just say they lost Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Florida State. All of a sudden, I mean, you're sitting there in rough shape. Your your RPI is probably in the 60s, mm-hmm. and you have some hay to kind of make up in the Big 12. So these next three weeks are, are going to tell us a lot. And, you know, oh, by the way, they've got to play Oklahoma right after that. Yeah. So what a, what a tough stretch. Actually, it's kind of interesting. The Big, 12, the Big 12 scheduling this year is a little odd. I mean, you think about Texas, for instance. They played Texas Tech, Oklahoma, TCU, all back-to-back-to-back. You've got TCU with this kind of schedule – you got Oklahoma with the, the, the way its schedule set up. It's just really interesting. A lot of a lot of rivalry series like stacked on top of each other here.
0: It's very true. Uh, meantime, the other team you mentioned earlier, Baylor, they're coming off that sweep at mm-hmm. uh, getting swept at West Virginia. You know, lost two or three to Oklahoma earlier in the season. Bit of a reprieve against Kansas, although you know Kansas is not uh, not playing horror, not playing terribly this year, but. When you look at Baylor, yeah. is this start surprising to you, or do you feel like this is kind of what Steve Rodriguez's team is?
1: It is surprising to me. You know, when I saw them opening week, or was it now third weekend at Shriner's? Sorry, it, it seemed like it was like eight eight months ago, but it was uh, you know just a few weeks ago at Shriner's. Uh, I like Baylor's club, and you know, it all kind of starts with Tyler Thomas. He's been the one constant for them. Uh, he's been phenomenal. Like he's not walking anybody. Mm-hmm. He's still 50-plus in innings of the ERA under two. But really, I mean, if you look at Baylor, you know, outside of Tyler Thomas, you know, from a pitching standpoint, uh, it's not great. I mean, it, for the most part, most of their guys have ERAs over four. And, and that just isn't going to cut it in a league that I feel like is is extremely deep, like the Big 12. And I think if you look at the the rest of this team, you know, Jeremy McKenzie's finally gotten he, has finally heated up a little bit. He's over 300 at one point. You know, Jerry McKenzie was around, I think, around 230, 240. Uh, but really, you know, really outside of that, you know, uh, you know, Kyle Nevin uh, was good earlier this year. He's hitting 230. You know, Esteban, Esteban Cardozo-Aquindo uh, is a guy that, you know, we expected to be productive this year. He's hitting around, you know, 220. So they, they've got some guys who just need to step up across the board. And, frankly, it kind of starts on the mound. And, honestly, and their struggles on the mound, uh, you know, are a little interesting because, you know, John Strauss does a phenomenal job. I mean, if you look at historically – when you look at, you know, Baylor under Steve Rodriguez, like he has gotten the absolute most out of their pitchers. So that, that, that piece, that, that part of the team for me, uh, I feel like they're going to figure it out, but you, you are right in the sense that like Baylor to this point, uh, like you're starting to run out of some time, like your RPIs at 48, you're barely over 500 overall, you're two and seven in the league. And, and, you know, that, that Kansas series this weekend at large. It really, if you're Baylor, you want to find a way to sweep that thing at home.
0: Yeah. Uh, Speaking of the Kansas teams, I know they're at the bottom of the standings, but anything that kind of, you know, for people that understand that in this conference, when it comes to baseball, more of a Texas, Oklahoma sport by nature, uh, but anything, you know, that Kansas or K-State are bringing to the table that, you know, maybe some of the uh, Texas school fan bases should be leery of when they go into a weekend series against them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at Kansas, uh, you know, I, I get it. They got swept by Oklahoma State, but if I mean, if you look at a couple of those games, uh, they were really close. You know, you look at mm-hmm. the, obviously the Texas Tech series are a little ugly. I think they got outscored like thirty six to four or something in the first two games. But you know, they come back and, and sweep Illinois State, who has a really you know really decent club. And you know, if I was, if I was a, another team playing Kansas, I would just keep a really close eye on Maui Ohuna. You know, he was a guy that. You know, coming into the season uh you know a lot of people were kind of saying hey this this guy's going to be really really good for kansas here kind of some area scouts and you know what their their hunch was correct i mean you're talking about a guy uh one of the top hitters in college baseball 446 average uh, 541 obp uh, five home runs ten doubles uh, almost as many walks as strikeouts 1.282 uh, ops that's a really really good season for malio Huna. so obviously if you're playing Kansas. You don't want him getting off the, you know, a hot start on the weekend. Uh, Kansas State, uh, for me, Pete, is kind of the really weird club. Uh, I mean, I don't know why. But I mean, Kansas State to me is scary because I feel like they should be so much better than they are record-wise. Uh, I mean, when you look at this team top to bottom, you know, from a lineup standpoint, uh, like they've got they've got talent. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know what exactly is kind of I haven't seen them since globalized so I don't know exactly. What's going on over there? But like Nick Goodwin, for instance, uh, you know is one of the best best players in the league. You know he's hitting around 260. They've got some guys hitting the 230 range. You know uh, they, they've gotten good you know production out of guys like Dom Johnson and Dylan Phillips. But there's just a lot of guys on this team who you know just need to kind of step up. But you know even if there's a close game, they got to be able to close it out. And it all kind of starts on the mound. If you go look at the numbers on the mound. You know, outside of just a couple of guys, you know, Connor McCullough and Blake Adams, the numbers get kind of ugly.
0: We'll be watching. It's going to be a heck of a race to the finish in the Big 12. Always great to have Kendall Rogers on the show, D1Baseball.com. Managing editor there does an awesome job. Great to have you on, Kendall. Thanks for talking Big 12 baseball with us. We appreciate you. Got you
1: got it, Pete. Good talking to you, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you.
0: He's Kendall Rogers. I'm Pete Mundo. Hey, leave us a rating and a review on the show. We really appreciate that. It helps us grow the show tremendously. And it's why I'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you send a rating and review and send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com. Appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day.